Watch it in one piece. We are! Welcome back to We Are Watching One Piece. The last three words are in parentheses. This is an anime rewatch podcast for the anime called One Piece. You probably know that. Why did you start at episode 29? <laughs> if not, hello. We are back. We are in Inus Lobby. Talk about a bunch of fucking fights. My name is Joe. I'm joined by Jory. I don't know if I said that in the last episode. Uh, I think we said our names. <laughs> Maybe. When you record when you record for upwards of two hours, a lot of the fuck like I don't remember the beginning of anything that I've ever done. <laughs> so someone could could just tell me, hey, this episode of your podcast, you said this, and I'd be like, huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh man, we really are fucking shouting out plot loss in every episode now. The but he he has sent us memes and I've been like, I have no idea what this is referring to because he listened to it um, you know, more recently and we've been doing the show for almost three years. Uh, but yes, we are back. We decided to call the last episode early and we have returned again to talk about these Ineus lobby fight scenes. Quite a bit is happening in the tower. Of justice or law, I don't remember. But we are picking up with episode 294, and this time we'll probably actually get to 301. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, so we left off with uh Chopper beat Kumadori and went he went Hulkamania and just starts he yeeted Kumadori <laughs> into the abyss yeah. and is is now just um just climbing up the tower to fuck up shit. Frankie beat uh, Fukuro, Sanji got turned into a, a smooth bubble boy. Nami's fighting Khalifa, who did that. Luffy just got to Luchi, and Spandam is going up to the Bridge of Hesitation, which is um basically the last strip of land before Robin is uh gone for good. I think that's I think that's basically where we left off. Yeah, I don't think I missed anything. Kumidori was in a fridge. That was funny. Oh, was, yeah. Zoro and uh, Soga King are handcuffed to each other. That's the other thing. I was like, there's, stra- there's straw hats I haven't talked about. <laughs> Soga King is doing that marksman thing, and Zoro's just like a samurai. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Nami is quite literally just an L-A-D-Y at this point, um, which is unfortunate, but it's kind of gay. So I, you know. I like her in this fight a lot. Yeah, no, I actually think her fight is is great. Um, I mentioned it before, but some of her segments in this series of episodes were just some of my favorite uh, in general, barring the fucking, like, really stupid thing that Sanji does that I like. But anyways, we, we pick up uh, in 294 right where we left off with Luchi and Luffy meeting each other in this weird circle storage chamber room. Such a... Such a climactic exchange like such this like this is the strongest person we've ever met and they're so terrifying and and then they took robin away and luffy is so dedicated to fight them where is this iconic fight going to take place storage room (laughs) all right it's like in a perfect spot where it feels like a a zelda mid boss fight room that's the thing yeah it feels it feels anticlimactic in a way i think their fight's great um that we won't talk about today but fucking (laughs) it's it's kind of bizarre to think about especially considering um some shit that happens later uh that we will talk about today so i'll talk about it when we get there 
but Luchi commends uh, Luffy on, on getting this far by himself, and Luffy insists he could never uh, get this far alone. Uh, his friends are his power. Um, that's, that's actually a Kingdom Heart thing that I stole, <laughs> but he, 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 he insists that um, he, he would not be here without his friends and his crew. Um, and he says soon that they'll all be here, which we'll see about that. But we, yeah. we basically, it does this, the same fucking round robin thing where it checks in on everybody again as he's thinking about them, which um, basically is just what we said at the top <laughs> where, where everybody was. Sanji's hand twitches. That's yeah. interesting. He's getting a little bit better. I think it's, I, I figured it's like wearing off. Yeah, his weird uh, bubble boy. He, uh, he, they just propped him up up against a wall. Oh, I just remember what happens in this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it sucks. Oh, yeah. I have gets, a lot, sure do have a lot to say about it. It gets worse. So on the, the main island portion, we see the giants are just fucking everybody up, but they kind of start to lose ground. The same goes for uh, Polly, our rope dad. And uh, the rest of the shipwrights and uh, the Frankie family that are in there, they're also starting to, like, lose ground to the Marines in the courthouse, which is a weird thing that it's a courthouse, but it is. And uh, just things are looking rough for, for them down there. And yeah. uh, we, we check in on Robin and Spandam. They're going up this tall, round staircase that we're going to see a lot of. It all the looks feels the endless. same. <laughs> it does. It really does. Well, I, it, I guess it... It's tall above the water, and we don't know how deep the secret passage is underwater. So I guess there's justification for it of, like, it could be really long. It, it does feel endless for how many times we see uh, it in these next several episodes. Uh, but it's just Robin and Spandam there. Now, um, going up this round staircase, things are looking bleak for everybody right now. Spandam pulls out his transponder snail to call for backup and support and he and immediately i know what the fuck he just did <laughs> oh yeah it's not really subtle about it but he he's like hello why are they not calling back to me uh and robin looks up and notices he's holding the wrong snail he pulled out the golden one the golden one that had a button on it to call buster call so, I don't know how to. <laughs> I don't, where do we start? Uh, <laughs> I, I have, you know, if this was, if the setting for this was anywhere else, like if they're still on Water Seven and this went down, I would think, oh, the pressure's on. I want to know because I feel like, I, I feel like there'd be some kind of thing where they'd be like, huh, a signal from a transponder snail is coming. From our massive fucking Judge Island that we have to take horrible criminals to. Maybe we should check in with whoever's there to make sure it wasn't an accident. Here's the thing. In a second, we're going to see the Navy headquarters in Marineford. I, I'm, assu I'm assuming it's Marineford. They don't say his name. We've, I think we've talked about it before. But we, we see the scene of them being like, all right, let's go. And... They note that it's uh they've been called to Inuslabi by Admiral Okiji. He was the person who had the transponder snail and then entrusted it to Spandam. First off, Okiji, what the fuck? Uh <laughs> especially considering Okiji's history with Buster Call. 
it, so like one, they're not going to question an admiral. Two, I don't think they're going to question it in general. They're just like, like it's such a uh, like you, you high authority like, command. Yeah, <laughs> it just it, the the locationing of it just feels like. <laughs> I, I think that's it, what feels strange to me about it <laughs> there is a strangeness too of like oh it's gonna level the the place where all of their marines are um and i think i think there's a two different ways to look at it which is one if it was called and it's necessary those marines might already be dead they already failed at their job and even maybe stacking on top of that, I think it shows how fucking ruthless the Buster Call is. Um, that like Marines aren't gonna get special treatment for it. It's just, it's just an endless murder device, and it sucks. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's called on any lobby, and there's no hesitation. Um, when we when we see the that is actually the next scene after Robin notices is the them going out. Uh, they see there's a thirty minute. Uh, estimation before they get there. I'm sure we will talk for longer than 30 minutes before it happens. But we 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 cut back to Robin looking just absolutely devastated by this. And then this next sequence is what I would describe as black comedy, uh, because <laughs> Spandam um, Spandam pulls out the right one, the right transponder snail for actually communicating to everybody, and he starts to talk about how like ah oh, fuck I grabbed the wrong one and I did this. Um, I describe him as a human failure in this scene because he <laughs> he does not realize that he has activated and connected this transponder snail. <laughs> so as he's saying, like, ah, fuck, I I confused my snails and I just requested Buster Call on this island. We we hear him saying that through the speakers over top the entire <laughs> Inus lobby. Yeah. He doesn't know that he's he's connected. Um, this is a trope. Of like the bad guy not knowing that they're saying that they're the bad guy to everybody. Like it's fucking it's in a million kids media and it it's it's usually it usually lands for me. But especially with Spandam, because I feel like he deserves every possible uh negative thing that could happen to him. But this goes on for a while. <laughs> the thing with with this this part too is uh him sp- like Rob before he realizes that he fucked up, Rob Robin explains to him like, hey, it's really bad. And then he's like, who cares? All that matters is me getting a promotion. Yep. Yep. And when he realizes that it's been on the whole time, he's like, hey, everyone, this message was was all said by the straw hat Luffy. <laughs> <laughs> and like, no one buys it. No. <laughs> Not a single Marine, which is like, it's almost like this is a weird place to interject a joke. But also... <laughs> yeah. This is this is this is kind of just how the anime is, though. I think I think well, it's, uh, I don't want to say the anime doesn't think Buster Call is serious. I think it does. I think it's just um, Spandam being such an irredeemable piece of shit is kind of double sided in him being a comedic rel- like relief in his incompetence. It's just I never think of him as a comedic relief uh, because yeah. whenever bad things happen to him, I think of it as good, <laughs> not a joke. It's it's like a it's like simultaneously satisfying and also even though even if it's a mint as a joke, um. But yeah, so they whew, they talk about it. Um, Robin is like, oh no, it's you know, so many people die as a side effect, and he's like, I don't care as long as I live and I get promoted, it's fine. Piece of shit, fuck Spandam. Worst. We we see Luffy overhear this from Luchi's transponder snail because they're all connected. 
Nami overhears it from Khalifa's. Robin does a thing where she explains it. Uh, blah 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 blah. Um, oh, also notably, Spandem points out that now, now that the blueprints are destroyed, she's the only connection to the weapon they have, or her ability to read poneglyphs more specifically. Uh, and he 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 makes a point to say that his promotion is worth all of the sacrifice. Um, not just who cares who lives and who dies, but I specifically am worth it. And then they realize the snail is connected, and Robin yells into it that everyone should run uh, and, and try and live. And um, then he punches her down the stairs. And we see uh, everybody react to it. Um, the Marines start running and freaking out. The CP9 kind of continue as if nothing is different, which is weird. I don't know what they think they're going to do. <laughs> I, I feel like they just imagine they'll be able to finish the fight and get to safety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when Luffy has heard Robin's voice over it. He asks Luchi where she is, and he just says, past these doors, and as a result, they start fighting, and they pretty much are just evenly matched, and then yeah. we we, we kind of see everyone simultaneously determined to save Robin and get out of here, and that's that's the episode. It's pretty much just an episode in which Buster Call is uh, at, uh, called by Spandam by accident. And then in, in 295, we get back to the the fighting. Yeah. Not immediately. Because uh, <laughs> we, we see a bit more Robin saying, like, please cancel it. And Spandam's reasoning for not doing it is he doesn't want to make it seem like I did this on accident. I'm, I'm incompetent enough to accidentally call Buster Call. Because uh, he, would, he would lose his promotion in that, uh, uh, that case. So as long as he's fine, you know, like, no one's going to question robin's safety as like not worth it but uh robin says that luffy will still be here and stop him and he says some shit about like no he won't and uh fucking keeps kicking her and it's just it sucks it's so much i get it he's he's bad yeah we we talk so much about like spandam's the worst fuck spandam but like what he's uh when he's interacting with like everyone else he's just like an incompetent asshole who Somehow he's in this position of power, but yeah. all of his interactions with Robin are just like someone being needlessly evil and bad. Yeah, and it's like I understand him being a piece of shit uh, to like CP9 or whatever, and it gets across this message of like him being uh, drunk with power, irredeemable, gross. It like and even like the the first couple times he was like absolutely terrible to robin it was like establishing that character but the more it drags on the more and more i'm just like i don't want to watch this woman get abused and like there is because it's robin and like the 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 real world dynamic that exists between like a man in power and a woman who is wrongfully accused it becomes so draining so quickly to watch and like tone deaf in a way of just how long and how much of it we see so i'm tired <laughs> i'm tired of spandam existing in this show that's it that's my talk on the fucking <laughs> spandam situation um it's rough it, it's very rough uh we see a bit more of luffy and luchi fight uh, uh luffy tries to just get away at first and he's just like all right i'm just gonna get out the store and run but um, it becomes clear very quickly that's not going to happen, and he just fights. Um, they just fight. Like, it's just like they exchange blows and nothing happens for a while. Yeah. Neither of them do anything to 
to really make a, a bunch of headway. The Marines run around like headless chickens. Chimney says it looks fun as she, she comes outside <laughs> and, and sees it and doesn't understand what's going on. Uh, she also runs into Kokoro outside. She explains that she uh, helped Luffy find the secret passage. And she says, like, he did this weird thing and then got tiny. And Kokoro's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. uh, again, alluding to the gear third that we have not seen. And then we go back to Nami and Khalifa's fight. And there's more uncomfortably long shots of uh, uh, Khalifa making Nami incredibly smooth. And um, th- this is actually where I, I noticed the blue outline that I talked about before. Hmm. It makes Nami stand out and look different in a really interesting way. Uh, there's a director that I'm going to Google the name of is Mamoru Hosoda, who, because that's what I was thinking of with the red outlines that Hosoda does. Uh, I think, I don't, he, I don't know if he did stuff in, he did uh, Digimon the movie, the first one, um, in, in 2000. Oh, so like Summer Wars as Yes. Well? Yeah, he did Summer Wars. Okay. Summer Wars does a lot of uh, red outline stuff and just outline stuff in general that I like a lot. Uh, Girl Who, Who Left Through Time is a bunch of shit going on in that movie. Um, and uh, something that we'll probably talk about at some point on this show, um, the sixth One Piece movie, uh, Baron Omatsuri in The Secret Island also does some, some outline shit in that movie. So that is why I noticed it. <laughs> is uh, I just pay attention to outline stuff and, and style stuff. Um, but I think it's a really nice touch in... Um, in, in, in this case, in, in One Piece. Because I feel like One Piece so rarely plays with style and animation, especially lately. Uh, it's been very just like one note and um, th- the way it is, is churned out, it feels like, I don't know, the, the pacing of it takes a, a suffering, but I think the style often in animation quality, it, like, I feel like it kind of gets saved for the, the, the important episodes. And as a result, with the pacing there are a lot of less important episodes. That's just me complaining at this point. But um, I think we've talked about how good the animation is in general in Water 7 and Inus Lobby. But. Yeah, it made like a big leap. And what, actually what I was noticing, uh, good animation is whenever it cuts to Luffy and Luchi fighting, it looks really, really good. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot more attention, I think, put into those fights. Especially like, I think Second Gear gets a lot of, uh, there's a lot of attention put into it at this point, but we'll get there. He doesn't go second gear <laughs> for a while. <laughs> but so back with Nami and Khalifa, uh, she does she does like a cool ball attack, and Khalifa just like goes to attack her, but she kind of like kicks through a mirage of Nami and into smoke, and that's this is when she reveals that she did her mirage tempo. Khalifa is very confused about where she went. And I do like the payoff of this of, in a second, Chopper breaks through the wall. <laughs> yeah. Chopper busts into this, this room. <laughs> and um, Khalifa is like, and now she's a big monster. Because she thinks that that's Nami. Yeah. She, she was hiding a devil fruit power of her own. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Um, and it's very funny. And Nami's like, I don't even know if Nami takes a second to be confused. Oh no, she does. She is she is yeah. she's simultaneously like, what the fuck is that? Khalifa, how the fuck do you think that's me? <laughs> I we'll see more of that in a little bit. But first, 
Zoro and Soga King are still doing the same fucking thing. Um, Soga King is like, please stop using me as a sword. Um, and then Zoro, <laughs> Zoro knows exactly how to get uh, Soga King on his side, which is he insists that they're scared of him. And he's like, oh, well, in that case, I'm the strong, powerful sword. And uh, Zoro can, uses him as bait. <laughs> Just like waves him around like a fucking... Well, he is wearing a red cape, so it is kind of um, like a bullfight. But he, he does that and then tries to swing, and it, it doesn't work either time. And then that's, that's it. That's how that happens. <laughs> then we go back to Nami. And she's assuming it's Chopper. She's not super sure. Khalifa tries to fight Chopper. Nami yells at her to stop, which confuses Khalifa because he's like, wait a minute, you're there? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> I love that Khalifa just immediately gets fucking disarmed by the just sheer confusion of what's <laughs> happening. Uh, it's kind of endearing. Nami ends up getting uh, swung at by Chopper. She, her first thought is, oh, Chopper doesn't recognize me because I'm so smooth. Because <laughs> she, she is a bubble baby at this point. <laughs> Khalifa makes a point to say, I didn't think that was you. I had no nice. idea that that I <laughs> yeah. did not think that that was you. Nami doesn't even fucking acknowledge her. And Khalifa's like, <laughs> I can't believe I've been ignored. Which seems a little gay. Her response to this. Very. <laughs> Very gay. All right. Fine. I'll give in. Then Chopper rips the fucking bath out of the ground and just chucks yeah. it downstairs. <laughs> it is so fucking good. <laughs> this, like, simultaneously, two things are extremely good about this. One, he just grabs the bath and throws it. <laughs> of, of fucking apropos of nothing. Two, we see it fall towards Sanji, and it just cuts away. That's it. Yep. <laughs> we see water splash up. <laughs> Fuck Sanji. Um, Sanji's dead. He's dead as shit. <laughs> Chopper keeps swinging on Nami and Khalifa, but seems to be losing strength. Uh, and he leaves the room. Uh, Nami dodges an attack from Khalifa, and as a result, learns that the that, that water, because now there's water all over this room, and like a, there's actually a spot where the bath was of just shooting up water. Uh, but Nami notices that water washes this soap residue off, and then she's fine again. Which I guess kind of yeah. goes against how I had described it as making you too clean, because water shouldn't get rid of that. But it kind of like, I guess, thinking of it as some sort of residue, or just water gets rid of devil fruit power. But either way, water makes it fine. I didn't even think of it as water getting rid of the devil fruit power. I just assume it's soap. Soap comes the lather of a soap comes off with the water. Uh, yeah, I guess that's fine. Describing it specifically as lather definitely is like, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> something something about the fact of like just you became so fucking clean. I didn't really think <laughs> of uh, that as lather, but I guess it is. That's what it's supposed to be. It's a devil fruit power, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she uh, she tries to get to the water and can't take some more attacks, particularly uh, after she's, like, stopped with, with bubbles and is weak. She gets hit with, like, a, a finger pistol in the shoulder. Khalifa actually does this weird thing where, like, her arm whips to make it more aggressive, which is, I don't know how or why, but it's fine. And when Nami takes it, she notices that getting blasted back actually blew all the bubbles off. It 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 kind of balances out, um, and this is when she uses her climb attack to make a bunch of clouds, 
Khalif is like, why are you doing that? I can just dodge your lightning attacks. And Nami says, these clouds are too thin for lightning. And then she makes it rain. And she's back to normal. And then she uses the Mirage Tempo again to <laughs> make, a, make a bunch of, uh, you know, <laughs> clones of herself. But they all look like essentially funhouse mirror versions yeah. of Nami. And this this is what the episode ends on and what i when they were this happened i thought it was just a visual gag so us as the viewer would know which nami is the real one and which ones weren't nope. but that's not the case at all <laughs> which is, is not the case yeah <laughs> it does seem that way and then like you would think that Khalifa would fall for that and i think maybe she does attack that one first because now we're already in the next episode. I guess what we pick up is with that. Yeah. But no, it is, it is, I don't know if it's ever that one that, that looks it's, like no, she normally does. No, it's not. <laughs> Great. It's a, that's a, that's a pretty good touch. Um, cause then the viewer doesn't actually know if they're concerned or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Khalifa is like, well, only one of them's real. Then only one of them is going to be able to attack her. She's not really even thinking about, like, attacking Nami. She's thinking about being attacked, um, which is interesting. Uh, and she's like, only 20% of your attacks are real. And Nami's like, sure, but how do you dodge when 80% of it's fake? <laughs> and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, makes a bunch of lightning or thunder charges. Uh, Khalifa gets hit. Um, she, and then is like, she tries to do, like, a wave of her bubbles and just like, fuck it, I'll hit all of you. Who gives a shit? Which Nami like uses wind to like make a like a path through it and runs through, but none of her mirages make it. Just her, I think it's the tiny one that does it. And at that point, she's left alone. And Khalifa comes over to like, like I don't know, cover, make her too smooth. It's it's hard to really think of it as like a a power that can kill you. <laughs> yeah. I guess she'll probably use the fucking finger pistol or whatever, because she's still... Some, yeah, that, uh, like, one of the Tempest kicks or something. Yeah, I guess she is still the fucking assassin that she is. It's just she uses <laughs> that power so much now that she has it. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're stuck with it for life. Might as well, right? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, like, if she lathers to the touch, does she is she just perpetually clean? Like, we saw Must her be. bathe. Was that for fun? Like... Can she get dirty? <laughs> that that is a good question because it seems to be on it seems to be something that's on command too, mm-hmm. versus like uh, Luffy who, as a child, we saw that he he had to learn to get control of being rubber. Yeah, and I mean he was like <laughs> fucking two years older. No, I'm I'm exaggerating. <laughs> um, he was young. <laughs> So that that is a really good question of how much of it is under her control or is he just like constantly just smooth and soapy under underneath? Uh, Nami runs through the wave, but still sort of like gets knocked down. Um, Khalifa comes over to, I don't, I don't remember if it's like figure pistol or what, but she's coming to attack her and Nami's like, hey, guess what? I made a cloud a little bit ago. And now I'm going to use it to murder you. (laughs) (laughs) And it works. Uh, She, like, basically finishes her attack. And what happens is the cloud that she made up on the other side of the room, I don't even remember exactly when, but I feel like I remember her doing it. It shoots 
lightning through like just out of it like it's called she calls it thunder lance but it like shoots it looks like it goes through Khalifa and she is she is finished if there's anyone that I thought would actually be fucking dead after this it'd be it'd be Khalifa after because <laughs> it like went just right through her heart it, yeah I thought it kind of went to like the abdomen area but I, I might be wrong <laughs> Also, that's not who I would pick as most likely to be dead. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah, someone else. Yeah, Kumidori got yeeted. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kumidori yeah. did get yeeted. That's also not who I'm thinking of. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring it up when we get there, but because it's, some, it's something we haven't seen yet. <laughs> that's the end of that fight. We check in on uh, everyone else. Uh, Frankie is still climbing, or his, he has started climbing again, I should say. Um, we see the people tied up in the courthouse like, hey, why'd you leave us here? When you're running away, oh well. Uh, Nami's trying to get the key. They're trying to find the key off of Khalifa. Chopper is just fucking going. <laughs> he's just he's just going around the tower. I don't know what he's looking for. He's just going from room to room. Uh, Zoro is still fighting. Sanji is still smooth. <laughs> and Robin is um running downstairs from Spandam. And Luffy and Lucci are still fighting. Nothing's really happening there. Uh, Frankie gets up to the room that Nami's in because there's a big fucking hole in the wall, um, presumably from Chopper. And Frankie gets up there and says, hey, where's that deer gorilla at, though? And Nami's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he means Chopper. And he's like, hey, is that your friend? He's supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. What, what do we do about that? And she's like, I don't know. I've never seen it before. And he's like, fuck, I guess I'll just kill him then. And she's like, no, you fucking won't. <laughs> it hits him in the head with her fucking staff or whatever. And uh, they're like, well, we got to do something. He won't listen. And Nami says, it's probably like his devil fruit not being able to be controlled or something. And Frankie's like, oh, okay. Well, in that case, I have an idea. Nami's like, first I gotta find this key, and just starts tearing Khalifa's clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie approves, notably. <laughs> yeah, fuck. He gives us a nice fourth wall break. Yeah, he's super. like, thumbs up. <laughs> like, I love your thoroughness. Um, we don't see any more of it, because we go back to Zoro, and it seems like Jabra and Kaku are finally starting to take this seriously, uh, just in time. Because Khalifa had the number two key. Uh, so now's a good time for them to give a shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Soga King yells that Chopper, please hurry up and bring us the key. We need you, Chopper. And Chopper <laughs> hears this. And Chopper, like a like the fucking Kool-Aid man, bursts through right on cue. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Uh, bursts through the fucking wall. They immediately recognize his hat. Um, and they don't know why. Chopper doesn't recognize them because he starts swinging. Uh, they also notice that he looks to be fucking struggling. He's like, he looks like, they're like, oh no, we're going to die. And Zora's like, he kind of looks like he's the one that's dying up there. I also, I wrote down that I really like the touch of um, Soga King's like tears coming like out of his mask uh, instead of just like down his face behind it. Um, I, I love how much they give the Soga King mask the expressiveness that a character would have. <laughs> I actually haven't noticed much with the mask. I should, should be looking at that more. I think it's just like um, 
the way it sometimes changes in size or the tears mm. specifically coming from the outside of it and not under it. I don't, that's the one time I really noticed it and wrote it down. But for a character wearing a mask for a very long period of time, I never feel like I don't know what they're feeling. <laughs> uh, but that might just be because Soga Hing is so very expressive, much like his good friend Usopp, who I do wish was here. Um, I miss Usopp dearly, but no. Well, do you think we'll see Usopp again? No, it's like the, he settled. Him and Luffy settled their their dispute like men, and now yeah. Usopp's gone forever. What happened to Usopp? When did we see him last? He was on the train. Fuck. Because he, he was, was on the train, train. and yeah, he, he left was, on he, the train. Where he did he go? <laughs> he was tied up with. He was tied up with Frankie. Yeah. Well, no, they, no, no. They saved him. Like Sanji saw him walk oh, away. Yeah. Like yeah. On, the, on the top of the train, Usopp walked away, and we have not seen him since. But like, I wonder if he was on the back half that got like sent back to Water Seven or like disconnected. That, um, that must be him. He must be just yeah. hanging out in Water Seven, thinking, "Damn, maybe he's well, helping them rebuild." Well, Zoro, maybe he's becoming a shipbuilder. He wasn't. Well, that's the thing. That's that's a good idea, actually. But uh, when Luffy jumped onto the rail car with, I don't know how I remember so many details about the fucking train. But like when uh, when the Rocket Man's coming up behind them, Luffy jumps onto that to make sure that uh, Robin isn't there before Zoro cuts it fucking in half. Because <laughs> I was thinking, oh no, Zoro might have cut Usopp in half. But no, <laughs> Luffy checks it first, so he wasn't there. Do you think he's at, Do you think he got to Inya's lobby? Like, do you think he stowed away or? Because uh, that would be that would be wild if like we get to like the end of like Inya's lobby and like they don't know what to do, but Usopp shows up and saves the fucking day. Like, that would be incredible. <laughs> I'm. I don't. Maybe he didn't stow away, but he probably was on one of those like, uh, ship train carts that. That got fucked up because he's like hiding under the bench or something. He could have he, he been hiding and then. I bet he. I, 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 I'd be willing to believe that Usopp could make his own little raft out of the remnants. Yeah. And he since he could do that, he's not wanted like Luffy is. He could they, probably just get Yeah, past they probably the wouldn't recognize him, maybe. But maybe. Yeah. I don't know. He was. He used to think he was captured on that train. They might. <laughs> they might, uh remember like oh yeah you're one of straw hats but also their train car just got cut in half and now they're abandoned and god what if Usopp's just fucking dead what? <laughs> i don't know that's that's a Usopp perseveres you know <laughs> he survived fighting luffy uh i don't know i hope we hear from him soon um maybe he'll he might show up in like future travels or something Here's here's hoping. Here's hoping. I miss you, Usopp. Come home. I I don't know. We'll see. Uh anyways. Uh <laughs> um where actually were we? Uh Chopper was looking looking tired. Yeah, yeah. Chopper is in the garden. Uh looking fucking tired. While that's happening, Frankie shows up in the garden with them, like in this room. Like this is the most number of people we've seen in one room <laughs> for a while. Yes. <laughs> and Zoro's like ready to attack Chopper, and Zoro's like, "Hey, that's our friend. Like, please don't attack our friend." And Frankie's like, "No, I completely know that's Chopper. Stay with me." And he's like, got his arms in front of him, like 
geared up for what we should recognize as a coup event. Uh, and that's exactly what he does. He blasts Chopper with that and pushes him through the outside wall and into the sea, which, yeah, that fucking makes sense. <laughs> uh, uh, Frankie notably also follows him down. Like, he jumps after him, which is good because he will not drown and die. Frankie... Frankie's already fucking, like, just taking care of the Straw Hats. Like, like if, if Robin is always, like, the fucking team mom and, like, murder mom, like, Frankie is already robot dad. <laughs> what a nice, happy family. Yeah, honestly. The one good dad in One Piece. Frankie. <laughs> the one good dad in Chimp. <laughs> yep, period. <laughs> so that happens. Nami comes in also uh, in this room. And explains that that was planned, and Frankie talked to her about it. And uh, when we get back, we also see the handcuffs are off because she yeah. had she had the keys for it, which means Zoro is ready to actually fucking do something after all this time. And that's the end of that episode. We pick up two ninety seven with Robin uh, running away, and Spandam finally stops her by using his sword. How do you feel about the sword? <laughs> Just in general. It's a, uh, it feels, it feels really, uh, Calvin Ball-y with how it's, uh, able to operate. <laughs> yeah! Because he just, like, shoots it out like it's like a snake sword. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it kind of does whatever it wants. Um, he uses it so infrequently that I'm not mad. Like, it's not like Spandam... Is like yeah. a broken character because he has this overpowered sword because he uses it just this one time <laughs> <laughs> that I can remember. It seems like Funk Freed the Elephant just hangs out with him sometimes, <laughs> which that's pretty sad if the only friend you have is a sword <laughs> that gains sentience by eating a elephant fruit. But as we as we see, um, and we will probably com- have the same complaints about Kaku. Power over, and I, we had this actual this conversation, um, just in the last episode. But having that sort of power level or or control, I should say, having that control over a zone type fruit just kind of allows for some weird shit. Yeah, <laughs> the the sort of in between forms and weird shit that like Chopper does. So that's kind of how I assume Funk Freed works. But that it, would make sense. Funk Freed. It also allows Spandam to not have to be good at a sword. Because as we know, he is a human failure. Um, and if he had to be good at a sword to use Funk Freed, Funk Freed would be useless. But uh, instead, <laughs> Fun- he's just like he just holds it out and he says, "Stop, Robin," and it does. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty fucking aggressive about it too. And I think that's yeah, that's the end of that scene. It's pretty short. Frankie, uh, we see, has brought Chopper back up to shore. I think I this is this. this this scene's great. <laughs> do you, do you want to explain it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Frankie's kind of like talking to himself about what he needs to do uh, to figure out the situation while he's just like stepping on Chopper to get the water out and as yeah, Chopper like, sprays the water out there's a little rainbow Yeah, <laughs> I guess he is doing this at the back of the building or something or wherever yeah. because uh, Chimney pops up out of a box and says what's up motherfucker <laughs> and takes him to What's interesting, too, is that Frankie, like, recognizes them, which I guess makes sense. Yeah. Because he's like, little ones. Uh, <laughs> which I guess maybe Frankie would have just said that regardless. But she pops up to guide them to Kokoro, 
where she assures that Chopper's probably fine. <laughs> probably. Probably. She's drunk. <laughs> she's she's more drunk than usual. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Frankie uh, says, like, all right, take care of Chopper. I'm going to run off and take um, these keys to Robin. Because at this point, they do, I guess they don't have all the keys, but he has some of them. But I know he has Fukuro's and he has Kumidori's. Because um, neither of those are two. Um, Khalifa's yeah. was two, and then it's just whichever one, whichever ones Kaku's and, and Jabra's are. But I don't remember the numbers. So he runs off with the two he has, because if he can free Robin, he's going to. Oh, we actually get a flashback to Nami telling him to do this and giving them to yeah. him. And also a transponder snail. That's important. Uh, they're like, we are... <laughs> Frankie and Nami talking is really good. Frankie immediately interacts with everyone so, so well. I love Frankie so much. But this scene with Nami, where he's like, what do we do after we say Robin? She's like, mm, eh. yes, <laughs> yeah. we can leave it to luck. <laughs> yeah, they, they sense basically the only way they have is basically to go forward. Like... Yeah, like, save Robin, and we basically have to push through the gates of justice at this point, which is also a death wish. But they going back the way they came also is so. Yeah, it's either a, a fleet of marine ships or we go into a marine headquarters. Yeah, and like let's let's see, they crashed the rocket, uh, Rocket Man, and we'll see the other sea train covered by marines as they try and escape. Um, going Mary is fucking dead. Um, back yeah. at Water Seven, <laughs> in in Frankie's garage, here in my garage, with my going Mary here. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. Um, stay tuned to the end of the episode where I make Jory guess. Uh, cause that's how <laughs> that's how we end episodes. Uh, so now it's time for Zora to fight alone, <laughs> cause Nami and Soga King are not going to contribute. Uh, he starts fighting Kaku. I don't really have anything to say about it. They just exchange sword. Well, Zoro swings a sword at a giraffe. Um, I don't know if you have any further details <laughs> to comment on. No. <laughs> I, I don't like the giraffe, man. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it's, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, I think there's some, there's some comedy to it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. We're going to be talking about a lot. Yep. Because <laughs> there's a lot of it. That, it's easily the longest running fight because it's always like Zoro is always fighting Kaku. Like they don't trade off the way a lot of mm -hmm. other fights do. But it goes, it's like they meet up at the beginning with everyone else. And it's like the second, it's the last one we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the last one to be finished, barring Luffy's, uh, which is always a special case, of course. That happens. Uh, Soga King and Nami are sort of commentating on it from the, the edge of the room, and they notice Jabber also commentating next to them. And he's like, here's the number one key. I don't actually like fighting or blood or anything, so just, just, just go save Robin, you know? I'm going to stay here. And uh, Soga King's like, well, if, if you say so. And he goes to pick up the key. And Jabra fucking murders Soga King. <laughs> uh, you know, if only I understand Soga King is a is a hero sniper, so he, he just, wouldn't understand it. 
but he just trusts Usopp. Yeah. Yeah. If only Usopp was there, someone who has experience with not telling the truth should be there to be like, hey, maybe he's not being honest here. Mm -hmm. What what kind of wolf would not (laughs) like blood? (laughs) Or be deceptive. Yeah. It's a cartoon (laughs) wolf. (laughs) Like, (laughs) come on. Um, Yeah, Nami starts to notice a little too late. Jabber regularly does his attack that he calls like Tin Finger Pistol, where he like, he kind of does like a Kamehameha hand motion, but with like yeah. Tin Finger Pistols that he does. It also reminds me of like some Naruto shit, but <laughs> that's for sealing. That's for sealing demons and children. Uh, but Jabber does that, fucking murder Soka King, sends him into the, the, the wall across the room. Uh, Nami runs over to see if he's okay. Soka King stands up and is like, no, I'm going to fight. I'm a big, strong boy. Stands up uh, to attack. He does uh, whenever his move is called. And Jabra is just like, oh, fireworks. And my notes say, pop punk legends. And they, <laughs> <laughs> then he continues to just fucking murder Soka King. Like, he just he's just beating the shit out of him. Yeah, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's so rough. He He picks him up to do one final attack and he goes to strike, and we see, like, it, it kind of looks like fucking Dio is stopping time because it, it, like, does the negative color thing where we see everyone's yeah. face. Like, um, no, like Zoro does notice this, but he can't get away from Kaku Yeah, to, 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 to save Soga King. Everyone yells out uh, the wrong name, actually. They confuse, at this point, they're confusing Soga King for Usopp, which is weird. Yeah, and Nami's been calling him, like, Nose Sop and Nose King and stuff. Yeah, which is just, like... We get it, like... They're best friends. Yeah, but, like, Usopp's not here as kind of, like, a touchy subject for everyone right now. Yeah. Um, it's kind of weird that they're making jokes about it. But, <laughs> regardless, uh, they all yell Usopp's name, and what we see is a, a, a kick, swing in, and knock Jabber into the wall. <laughs> Sanji, no longer smooth, has arrived, and he calls himself... A hunter. Also, he's smoking a cigarette like a fucking dumbass. Uh, because as the camera pans around, he's holding his hand like obnoxiously in front of his face. <laughs> yeah. Like he's doing an o- he's basically doing an okay sign where the finger or where the cigarette is between his, his uh forefinger and his thumb. That's fine or whatever, if you're holding out your other fingers <laughs> yeah. like a jackass. But he does it at like an angle. Like he twists his arm basically as much as a human can. To, I'm doing to, it right now. I'm doing it's, I'm doing it now too. Uh it's like <laughs> it, it covers up his eyes basically. Like that weird thing that everyone did with like the where they did okay signs and twisted their hands up and did like a Batman mask um over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure everyone knows what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh but um there's actually I, I tweeted it today. Follow me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe. Ghost of J O. <laughs> But I tweeted that image because that's just my fucking favorite thing. Because he's such a fucking dumbass. It's over the top. But I responded to my own tweet of a picture of me doing it with my vape. Holding my vape. Oh, I'm seeing that now because I didn't see that when he first tweeted. Oh my god, it's so good. And that's great. And then then it goes to an eye catch uh, because it's dramatic cliffhanger moment of uh of Sanji arriving and um. I think this is a good time for us to take a break, too, um, <laughs> so I can go make some more tea. I'm Cam. I'm Jory. 
And we're the hosts of CWFP. The Casual Wrestling Fan Podcast. Your weekly universe-friendly alternative for WWE wrestling recaps, discussion, and riffs from two friends who just love wrestling. And occasionally also New Japan, Impact, and All Elite Thoughts as well. If you're tired of Marks constantly booing a product they <laughs> regularly support and pay for, you can find us hosted on the Orange Groves Network or through your preferred podcasting app. Wait, why won't The Undertaker stop booing the company? I don't know how to set up this next exchange. I, I should have not chose to take a break here because Nami says, how did you get better? And Sanji says, a bathtub fell from the sky. <laughs> and the, <laughs> I can't punch that up anymore. Uh, it's, it's so good already. A bathtub fell from the sky and I guess the water made me better. Uh, which we know it, it, it did. We, we probably could have pieced that together that this was going to happen by now. I figured as soon as that, that bathtub was falling, it's like, oh, it's going to splash on him and he's going he's gonna, to uh, be able to fight again. Mm-hmm. But when he'll come back. Yeah. Sanji likes to take his time. That he does. He's fucking always fashionably late or just fashionably fucking missing. <laughs> but yeah, he's there. Um, I actually, as much as I joke about how, like, it's my favorite because... Uh, segment because his smoking thing is really stupid. Um, it's it's stupid. One, it's stupid in a way that I appreciate. It's, it's very much my brand of bullshit. Uh, but two, this exchange he has with Soga King is actually really really good. Where Soga King apologizes for not being able to fight and get the key or whatever, and Sanji says you're alive and that's what matters. And he says everyone has things they can and can't do. Um, like don't feel bad that you can't do the things that I can. And it's just like, even though it's about fighting a giant wolf, but it's like, and like, it's, it feels like, oh yeah, of course, Sanji's one of the, like the third strongest person and, and Soka King is not. I don't actually, I don't know where Soka King matches up with the Straw Hats now that I think about it. Because Usopp's not very high, but Soka King, you know, isn't, is a little bit different because he, he's, he's from the Island of the Snipers and that's pretty cool. But he, he continues uh, and says like, look outside and they see the gates of justice are opening, which... I kind of forgot the setup for this, uh, so I didn't think it was significant, but apparently they set up that the gates of justice don't open all the way. Um, uh, oh, wait, am I? I'm getting ahead of myself. So this is me setting it up. That the gates of justice uh, aren't supposed to open all the way, but they start to see him open uh, for, for Robin to go through. But Sanji says, like, soon Robin will be taken out of their reach. There's actually a really good shot in this room where Sanji, Soga King, and Nami are, like, silhouetted against, like, a white background. Like, the room sort of disappears, and it's just those three silhouettes, and then the big symbol of the world government also silhouetted where they, where, they, where it was on the gate, because um, they're looking through a hole in the wall. This, Inya's lobby is just where One Piece fucking looks good. But then we, we cut to see Luffy uh, still fighting with, with Luchi as, as, as this conversation continues, or the, rather the music continues so it feels connected. But uh, they're they're still pretty evenly matched. Luchi is able to just grab his Gatling attacks out of the air, which is terrifying. Yeah, and he's uh he's hasn't transformed at all yet. No, yeah, evenly matched. They're they're still just fucking punching each other and kicking each other without yeah. really pushing it. Which obviously, you know, we can read as pacing because of yeah, they're gonna wait <laughs> till later to actually do the real fighting. But they're pretty evenly matched. 
Uh, we also see Spandam pulling Robin up the stairs, and Frankie is running down a hallway towards where Luffy is. And Chimney is painting arrows on the wall to guide the other Straw Hats. <laughs> well, uh, being told, hey, you need to, uh, you need to hurry up and come on. Well, like, no, we're the guides. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help everyone find the way. Yeah. How are they going to know where to go? <laughs> yeah. I've met Zoro. I know how this is going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, so that's a nice touch. Because uh, they, they're on their way that direction as well. So Zoro and Kaku are just exchanging attacks. Nothing notable to say. <laughs> nope. And Zoro remembers uh, Polly on like a million years ago on the Yagara saying, tell, tell those guys that they're fired. And this is roughly where Zoro's like, all right, I think I'm going to win soon. Like, he starts, he hasn't decided yet, but he's thinking about it. Yeah, he's starting to, like, amp up the winning, the, the winning meter, the widow meter. This, uh, I didn't remember, like, it, it's, I don't know if this is always a thing with Zoro. Maybe it's, I don't think it's always a thing with Zoro in the future, but I, it kind of feels like so far, maybe, because we always complain about Zoro just deciding to win. And it does feel that way. I don't. I didn't remember this fight being so fucking one-sided because it really is just like Kaku has the upper hand until he doesn't, and then he loses immediately. And I don't like that. <laughs> uh, I don't like. I don't even know what it's really trying to ooh, characterize for Zoro. Yeah. Talk about that a bit more when <laughs> there's more focus on him. Yeah. We see the Marines filling up the sea train, and there's still being like a million other Marines that can't fit. Polly, uh, <laughs> this is actually pretty funny. Uh, we cut into Polly freeing everybody. The like second in command, Frankie dude, is like, Why didn't you tell us that you pretended to tie yourself up with your own rope? <laughs> like, why didn't, why didn't you just tell us that we were going to be okay? And he was like, I had to wait till there was a good opening. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, they're freeing everybody. He's like, they uh, talk about how they don't know what to do about Buster Call, but they're like, well, I guess we gotta escape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's their only option, really. Yeah, but just like, hey, like, we don't have to worry about the, the Straw Hats or, or Frankie because they're strong as shit. We just have to get ourselves out and meet up with them later. So they go to do that. We see the, the Navy headquarters one more time as they announce the ships are leaving for Inus Lobby. This is all kind of one overarching montage because Sanji picks up where he left off of like talking about like because he was talking about how like they only have so much time left to solve this and we kind of see the state of everything. Sanji continues with uh, the situation can't get much worse, but even in the worst situation, there's a chance. Um, he says to leave Jabra to him and to 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 book in that conversation that I really liked. Uh, Sanji says um, he'll do what Soga King can't, and that Soga King needs to do what Sanji can't. And he adds, as long as they have Soga King, they can save Robin. And um, he ex extrapolates a little bit more like, I don't know why he doesn't just doesn't fucking say it. Probably so, probably in universe, so the CP9 members don't know what he's going to go do. But it's just like, think about it. Like, there are things that I can't do that you can. And then um, that's the end of that episode. And then 298, has seven fucking minutes of recap at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Soga King is still fucking wondering what that means. Nami drags Soga King out of the room as Jabra starts fighting Sanji. Sanji gets blasted out of that room 
and into just like the inner hallway tower of the tower, like the staircase that leads up. So Soga King seems to figure out what Sanji probably meant and starts running off. Uh, Nami following behind. And now, now it's time for Sanji to fight a wolf. <laughs> this is now that time. And that it lasts for a while. <laughs> they just kind of kick each other back and forth. Like, not even the way that, like, Zoro and Kaku are exchanging attacks, but just, like, Jabra will knock Sanji into a wall, and there'll be, like, a several beats while it's, like, waiting for Sanji to come back. And then Sanji will kick Jabra into a wall, <laughs> and that will continue, <laughs> like, yeah, another several beats. It's just a whole lot of them fighting. Uh, for a while. Does it really... Does it really cut to anyone else this episode? Um, I don't think so. I think there's like a quick thing of uh Luffy and Lucci being like Luffy being like, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go save Robin." Yeah, Luchy. yeah. And there's no, a, you're not. And and there's and there's a bit with Spandam being terrible to Robin, but that's it. Like, and that's a little bit later, but it's it's basically just like this is the episode where Sanji fights Jabra. All of it, <laughs> all of the fight, because it just ends in this episode. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's there's a couple key things literally with the key where uh do you want do you want to explain Jabra's uh Jabra trying to lie to Sanji with the with the key as bait? This is... <laughs> So in <laughs> a terribly put story um Jabra says that he's actually Robin's older brother and they they grew up together and were very close but one day when they were playing Robin got kidnapped by a pirate crew and because she was with that pirate crew she has the bounty on her head so Jabra's like hey I don't act, I want you to go save my sister and she'll know I did it for her <laughs> and Sanji goes to grab the key and it's 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 exactly like when he was telling uh Soga King that he doesn't like blood, he doesn't want to fight. Mm -hmm. He goes for the uh the ten finger pistol, but Sanji's like, Hey, I'm not I'm not stupid, I know you're lying and uh <laughs> just kicks him straight up into the ceiling. Yeah. Right up. <laughs> he, like, sticks into the ceiling for a little bit, which is a very funny visual. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed uh, in the, like, poorly drawn flashback that they show, which ru runs way longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> they really commit to that bit, Yeah, which is which is funny. I, I, I think Sanji knows enough about Robin to know it's wrong anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but to really, like, sell the the lying wolf thing there's a really nice touch in the flashback where robin is drawn with like a red hood on yeah and he's still the wolf yeah and he's still a wolf <laughs> it's such like a small thing but it's very good ah, so fucking good yeah and then he immediately gets fucking kicked into the ceiling <laughs> Uh, and what's what's in, really funny is like this is actually when it cuts away to check on Spandam and Luffy, and nothing nothing to note happens. When we get back to Sanji, Jabra's like you know gearing up to continue fighting, and Sanji's like, "I just have the key now, I can leave." <laughs> and he he runs away. Like uh, for, well first Jabra does like an iron body and is like, "All right, we're going." And then Sanji's like, 
bye <laughs> just runs away <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um uh it's it's a really a funny exchange too because like as jobber's chasing sanji's able to like basically kick up again and like ride his jobbers behind him and just stop him in his tracks and then sanji just continues to kick the shit out of him like sanji really has like the upper hand for a long time in this fight and it's just like yeah he does a bunch of kicks he does a bunch of kicks and it's good i don't i don't have much else all of his attacks are named after like dishes of food and then uh jobber basically gets one hit back on him and Sanji is like done again like I don't know if that's just like a power scaling thing or if it's to demonstrate how iron body is good for protecting but like Sanji lands all these attacks Jabra gets one in and Sanji gets fucking launched into a wall and he's like struggling again but he stands up they exchange some words about I don't fucking know probably being like strong or powerful or something um probably some cooking puns involved but Sanji starts spinning in place yeah he's like uh building up momentum that's a phrase um (laughs) yeah that's the only way i could explain like what uh what happens because of it yeah so he spins in place for a very very long time like top man from Mega man 3 yeah and (laughs) when he's in jobber is like what the fuck are you doing um (laughs) And Sanji stops, and when he does, the foot that he was spinning on is just bright red. It's essentially on fire, basically, like, it has the effect of that, but the way I would describe it is just, like, him spinning in place for so much just, like, heated his foot up. Like, it like it generated energy and heat from being the, the center point where he spun on for so long, which, like, for some reason... I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and then I say it out loud. I'm like, that don't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so I don't know. But it's called Diable Jambe. That's me doing it in my Sanji impression. <laughs> it sounds like a cooking thing. Yeah, it's a, he's like a, <laughs> something about like the devil's foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, there's, a, there's some other lines about that later. But like, there's a lot of uh, like devil kick imagery involved with the names of things but yeah uh jabra like he he kicks jabra one good time with it and he's like iron body for some reason isn't working or like it cuts through it it's too strong yeah it's able to push through iron body which is what we've kind of learned is how you beat any of these people yeah is you just have an attack that uh iron body can't stop yeah and i think it makes sense as much as they talk up iron body as a defense mechanism it is like yeah. a martial art that is trained and like no matter how strong a martial art is or a move is it's still going to be limited by the person's stamina or endurance of actually doing the thing yeah so it, it, it makes sense that like eventually you can break through it yeah but sanji goes to do it again and like chases him like particularly like over the center of the room like he's jumping from one like balcony to the next like it's a it's a straight up tower but there's kind of a layers or not layers but like on each floor there's kind of like gap in the middle where the tower is um more or less that's how the it's how the bathtub fell down the whole way yeah i'm just like trying to describe it in case people haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time and it's just like i don't know the right words but they're jumping over it uh as sanji's going at uh jabra 
I don't know why he didn't just fucking walk around. But because he can't fly. <laughs> Sanji cannot fly. But he does this thing and he's over it. And um, Jabra dodges above him with, you know, because he can fly. He has the shave power. <laughs> and he like strikes down on Sanji. Uh, he does the ten finger pistol, but Sanji kicks one of his hands away with um, notably not his foot that's on fire, his normal foot. And Jabra gets like the one hand in him and is like, ah, you you lessened my attack, you. but <laughs> and um, you only were able to hit me with one foot. And he's like, that's because my other foot's coming for you right now. And he <laughs> uh, swings his his Diablo Jambi up. And uh, kicks, like, basically spins it around so he kicks Jabber down into the ground. And that is the end of that fight. He says some stupid line about how God makes food, but the devil makes spice. (laughs) And then uh, as he notices that Jabber is finished off, he's like, I guess I made it too spicy. Fuck. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah, it is. I mean, when you, his whole fucking gimmick is cooking shit, so what are you going to do, but, <laughs> so that's that episode over. Yeah. Move on to 299, and, um, this is, this is, <laughs> I hope you really like the fucking Kaku fight. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of it left. <laughs> there's like two, ep- two whole episodes dedicated to it, it's, pretty much. It's just bizarre, why, though? I know that Zoro's like cool. Like he's supposed to be really cool. And I do like him. I like watching yeah. the fights. I just have nothing to say about them. And that's not a that's not a really a weakness of the show cuz it's a show you watch, but it's it's the weakness of like his it's it's one of it's kind of like what people highlight being bad about uh Stardust Crusaders is the fights where Jotaro just like oh I punch you really hard when they they forget about the fights with like uh, Darby where he's oh outsmarts yeah. him in, in the card game and stuff or the like, or the video game stuff yeah yeah stuff like that where they basically outsmart him but they mostly just think of it as the uh, he just he wins stuff yeah. and that's kind of what Zoro stu- suffers from where he kind of has like a moment where he reveals the new attack or has like. The new he just decides to win basically. Mm-hmm. He's able to muster it up while everyone else can have like a creative thing. Like yeah. Nami not Nami and uh Usopp and also our new friend Soga King have stuff around them where they can uh kind of um use their wits to help them win. Yeah. And I and a, and a few times Luffy has as well. Yeah. It's not a regular occurrence. But yeah, sometimes One Piece does really interesting stuff with its combat, and sometimes, sometimes Zoro is involved. But it's very rarely that I think the two cross over. And I don't know if it's just by virtue of he swings sword real good. Like, what do you do about that? Sometimes, like, I'm trying to think of what we've covered so far, like, if he's had anything particularly interesting happen. But like, for the most part, even with Kaku, it's just, he keeps trying new attacks, and none of them really work until the last one does. Yeah. <laughs> and Kaku is also just trying a bunch of weird shit out on Zoro. <sighs> so, I gotta talk about Kaku's weird shit. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> For- forgive us if we don't go super into detail of this fight. Yeah, I, 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 with this, I think it just works better to highlight, like, uh, 
just stuff they do. Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> if, like, nothing really in particular stands out as, like, this is set up for something else. Like, some other fights have been in, in, in this yeah. because the, the traversal of the tower happens so much. There's, it's, this is really just that they're fighting for the rest of the, their time here. Um, but yeah, what, what are some stuff that you would highlight? Uh, I like that Kaku is using his nose for the finger pistol, so he's doing nose pistol. And since he has like the neck to build up the momentum, mm-hmm. there's that. I, the thing I'm confused with how, uh, I guess this is, since Kaku might be the only one other than Chopper that we've really seen utilize this as his own type, mm-hmm. but how Kaku is basically able to use the length of the giraffe and kind of like put it where he wants it. Yeah, it's it's a little reminiscent of the life return shit we saw with Kumadori. Yeah. But rooted in zone powers. I wonder how you decide, like, I want a form that does this. I guess th- I guess we're watching it. I think, like, Kaku really is just like, what can I fucking do? Like, th- yeah, there's a bit... because that is ca- kind of what he's doing here. Because there's, there's a bit where... Figuring it out. <laughs> th- there's a bit where he does something by accident and he just owns it. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's in the next episode, but it's uh, uh, it's 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 pretty good. Um, I actually skipped over some stuff in two ninety nine before it goes straight to Zoro, uh, and it's actually pretty notable. Um, oh, the stuff with uh Robin and Spandam. Yeah, they reach the top of the staircase and get to the bridge of hesitation. He he shows her that the gate's actually opening now. She realizes that this is the realest her danger has been. And headbutts him and runs away. But she, she trips and falls and he, he goes and kicks her somewhere. Have we said fuck Spandam yet in this episode? Uh, well, if we haven't, fuck him. Yeah, I mean, like, statistically, probably we have. But it's still true. Uh, <laughs> we also see uh, Frankie uh, running in the tunnel. And he actually reaches the first door and walks in to this room. And immediately Luffy gets fucking blasted into the wall next to him. Luffy's like, hey, why are you here? I'm still mad at you. <laughs> and he's like, shut up. I'm here to help me with Robin. We're on the same side. Frankie offers to help Luffy fight, but Luffy immediately says no and says just get through those doors and save Robin. And there's actually a really good shot of, like, Luchi standing off against both of them, like, next to each other. And it just reminded me of how, like, Frankie and Luffy ends up being one of my favorite relationships or just, like, or friendships, just, like, in the Straw Hats. And, and already in this scene, I'm just like, how do they already like each other so much? How are they already so good together? <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, Luffy just has that charisma. He does. He really does. Thank, thank you, Luffy, for <laughs> for being you. And this is where Zoro. Now we go back to Zoro, and he he puts on that bandana, which means you, it's you know it's time for some shit to happen. Yep. And uh, Kaku comments on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, so does putting on that bandana make you stronger? Yes, it more or less does. Uh, I don't know why. He, he Basically, Zoro keeps being like, all right, now I'm going to use my real attacks, and Kaku keeps dodging them and using Iron Body. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the essentials. Um, Kaku turns into a square. <laughs> he, 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 he folds up into a perfect square, and he uses his very tiny legs. He just swings them forever. What it, what it ends up doing, I think this is a little interesting, where he, he basically is doing like a million tiny Tempest kicks with them, and Zoro's yeah. like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, and, and he's like, I'm shooting a bunch of Tempest kicks up, and they're going to fall back down on you. 
and it <laughs> and that's what happens and and Kakyo uses iron body so he is not affected there's that Zoro's like I'm gonna break through that iron body and he does his uh lion's song or these sub said lion strike all I know is that he says she she son son and I know that more than I know any translation <laughs> uh because it's just like it sounds good <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh Kaku actually blocks it by striking not with iron body and Zoro just keeps fucking like, all right, I'll try something different this time. And this time, he makes his biceps really big. <laughs> with with what I think makes it so great, he goes, one gorilla, two gorilla. <laughs> At least in the subs that I... Yeah, no, that's, that's what he's saying. Gorilla? Okay. <laughs> Each gorilla, uh, knee gorilla. I don't... Is it just gorilla? I think it is just gorilla that he says. Um, Like, in Japanese... Uh, I feel like I remember Frankie saying, sounding like he's saying gorilla when he says dear gorilla too. <laughs> Anyways, he this is the first time he's really pushed Kaku back with uh, this attack. Are we going to talk about how he does this? Does it matter at this point that he can just make his biceps real big? Or <laughs> are we just accepting uh, it? Uh, I just accept it. I mean, we've seen this man uh, do like sword swings with like 5,000 pound weight. Sure. So. But like, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just willing to believe what, that he can do something like this. At what are you so strong that you're like, I'm going to temporarily <laughs> increase my bicep size? That's actually it for now. Uh, we, we cut to Frankie trying to get through this room. He, he launches at Lucci a couple times, uh, but it doesn't matter because Lucci can dodge it and strike back pretty quick. Uh, Luffy stops him and says, run just fucking go dude yeah <laughs> please please you don't gotta help me yeah and uh frankie frankie watches this well notably luffy says that he's my opponent and frankie thinks back to trying to stop the sea train and i read this as like frankie being like i know what it's like to run on an opponent that i clearly can't handle alone yeah uh <laughs> and like all of the stuff that frankie's flashing back to i just immediately start crying and frankie decides then to run off Luffy, like, do you remember his robot attack? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> he does. that's basically what Luffy's doing right now to Luchi. Yeah, just like wrapped around him, and Luchi's like, "All right, well, I'm not letting that happen." Uh, he jumps up, flips himself around, and like does the like shave move upside down to like push himself into the ground. Obviously, like L Luffy first, uh, and and get out of his him holding him, and he goes to murder Frankie. And uh, it's it's basically what happens. Frankie, he like he goes to do a finger pistol on Frankie, but Luffy reaches out with his long ass hand, grabs it, and says, "I am your opponent." And that's <laughs> and that's it for now. Back to Zoro. This is just the like from now on, we're just switching between Zoro and Luffy, um, yeah. which I guess is what happens when you get into the the fight sections of of, of One Piece arcs. But what are you gonna do, uh, Zoro? Is fighting Kaku. Kaku does some fucked up shit with his body. I didn't even write down how many fucking forms he goes through in this section because it's a lot. Most notably is yeah. the one that's by accident where he's like, oh no, I put all of my length in my legs by accident. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a pasta machine that went haywire with too much flour. <laughs> and he's like, this is my pasta machine form. <laughs> and he just like, all right. Yeah. He just runs with the name. <laughs> yep. And Zoro yells at him for it as he, he like shoots his basically it's like loading a like a what's I'm like it's like a spring lock toy where he pulls his head all the way back to his 
the base of where the neck would be, and then it shoots out way longer than it fucking should. And he does that a couple couple times. Uh, one of them it goes over Zoro, and he does like a vertical twister attack where he like shoots the the sword energy up. We've all just accepted that Zoro can swing energy out of his sword, right? Like that's how swords work well, in anime. Well, he's at full health, like in Zelda. Ooh, I don't think Zoro's at full health at this point. <laughs> As the, I think, I feel like uh, it, a Zelda game has a sword where it does that when you're, when you're at critical health as well. Sure, sure. I can't think of it, but I'm like 90% sure that's a thing. I, I am inclined to believe you for some reason. <laughs> but as we've just accepted with Zoro and, and with how the Tempest kicks work, that's just how swords work when you're really good at them. Um, <laughs> you just, you swing so hard yeah. that energy just keeps going through the air. Yeah. But anyway, Zoro does that and makes this like twister up to to hit Kaku. It doesn't really work, but it does blow a hole in the ceiling. And Kaku's like, oh, cool. And he goes through the hole and leaves. And he comes back with his swords and he's like, thank you for waiting. <laughs> As he attacks <laughs> Zoro again. Yeah. And, they, and uh, he's like, now that I have long arms, absurdly long arms, I can use my swords again. Which seems to be why he loses. I'm going to be honest. It feels like if he yeah. didn't switch to sword fighting, he would have always had the upper hand. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, once you switch the swords, it just it went downhill. For him. Yeah, <laughs> maybe giraffes are cool. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's on to something. Yeah, and my 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 notes say that after this, Zoro breaks through his attacks because he can handle swords, unlike giraffes. Apparently, that brings us into episode three hundred, and maybe this time Zoro will decide to win. We 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 pick up right with him actually, and he just is breaking out a bunch of new attacks. They all have animal names that I didn't write down, but it it seems fitting with fucking... He's fighting a giant giraffe in a garden. That's fine. Kaku gets him back, though, by using his neck as a giant whip, and he just fucks up Zoro. Like, he's just beating him over and over again with this whip head of his... Um, How does that feel, you think? Using your head as a weapon. <sighs> I would want to assume that something with his, with his power that it doesn't feel as bad as the person receiving it. As a wrestling fan, <laughs> yeah, I or rather, let me rephrase this: as someone who doesn't know wrestling very well but watches some of it, uh, me sometimes I don't know who's supposed to be the one who gets hurt because it feels like it's oh it, yeah, it feels a, like they're yep. both getting hurt. There's a, there's a lot of finishers that. And like moves that you look at them, and it's like it looks like the person doing it is the one who's getting hurt there. Yeah, and I think you're just supposed to accept that they're not. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a friend of mine tweet about it during WrestleMania and be like, "Um, I don't, I can't tell which one's supposed to be taking damage." Uh, <laughs> um, and and sometimes it's both, but also that's why like if someone goes for an attack and nobody's home they fuck up like they they fucking fuck themselves up typically yeah so i i I imagine is i feel like we have to have the same suspension of disbelief where it's just like you just have to believe that throwing your neck around like a whip and using your head to beat the shit out of a man would hurt the man more uh because it doesn't even seem like he's using iron body jabra actually said that he's the only one who can use iron body while moving which is weird but I don't know. I guess it's supposed to make Jobber seem stronger because he doesn't really do anything. Yeah. <laughs> he has one attack. He's just really good at it. But that's uh, 
Yeah, he does the whip thing for a while. Kaku keeps talking shit, but once he mentions Robin, Zoro's like, all right, I'm going to fuck you up now. He decides to win. A dark aura comes off of him, actually. What is your reading of yeah. this, uh, the following exchange um, and how he beats Kaku? Because I don't really, I, I probably don't have any answers for any questions you have, is what I'll say. But I'm curious <laughs> how you feel in general. Uh, he, he basically goes in like a demon mode and it's cool. <laughs> Zoro goes into sicko mode. <laughs> Zorro mode. I'm still not sure what a sicko mode is. I'm too scared to <laughs> find out. Point, at this point, I'm too scared to but, ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Griffin McElroy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, he he got he goes in his new move is like Asura. And yeah. I know I recognize that because Asura's Wrath is a really fucking cool game. I've heard that. I've heard <laughs> it's just an anime that you play. Yeah, it's just like it's just like shonen. There's mm-hmm. a I, I haven't played the specific thing, but there's a DLC where you fight Akuma from Street Fighter, and Sick. there's a part in the fight where they're, like, fighting in space, and they, like, get frozen, and then through the sheer for and, like, pu- like thousands of years go by, and then <laughs> the, from the momentum of their punches start to, like, break them free from their, like, stone prison, and they start fighting again. I love so. JoJo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's cool because he basically gets uh, extra arms, or it looks like he has extra. Yeah, arms, Zoro. We're talking like about Zoro again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so Kaku tries to explain it for us. <laughs> Kaku senses this dark energy coming off of him. I thought you were going to talk about this earlier. I say earlier. It was last episode for the listeners. We were re- recording fucking over four hours of content today, but. You're talking about how, like, Zoro has that, like, weird bad l- or luck or whatever that, like, draws cursed swords to him. And that, when you, when you yeah. brought that up, I started to think about this scene where I was like, I wonder if those cursed swords have anything to do with him being able to radiate this bullshit energy. And if so, <laughs> it's not addressed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so what Kaku says, or what, what Zoro does is, like, it's, he sort of, like, appears to get like you know three versions of himself in one much like azura and um and, and he ends up with like six arms and three heads um and such as it's now nine sword style and kaku is like how is how is he able to give off so much power as to show this illusion of how many how much he is able to do and i guess that's fine <laughs> yeah. obviously there's zoro's not actually giving himself six arms and three heads yeah it just looks like it and kaku's trying to do sky slicer again the big circle thing that cut the building in half uh cuts his strongest attack and zoro is able to break through it and also end the fight instantaneously that's it (laughs) yeah um kaku goes back into human form which is something that we have not seen anyone else like we jabra didn't so like i don't know if that's just like how hard Zoro hit him. I was almost worried, like, did he kill this man? Like, that's, that's almost what it feels like, is he basically murders him. <laughs> like, he, this is the, like, you mentioned before about, like, who you thought was the most dead. Kaku is who I think is the most dead uh, after this exchange. But uh, as he's laying there, he seems to uh, show a little bit of remorse because Zoro, Zoro's like, hey, Polly said you're fired. And Kaku, like, thinks back to Water 7 and Polly and how p- upset Polly was when everyone uh, fucking turned heel. 
And he's like, he's like, yeah, that was pretty fucked up of me, huh? It's uh, th- that's what's interesting about this was Kaku seems to be the only one who has like a full conscious about this. Yeah, a and, lot and like full, but he's, I think he's the only one who really gets like, hey, what we did was kind of fucked up. I think I like, think he was the only one people. who was attached to the relationships with other people. Yeah, because like we know Lucci is a heartless piece of shit. He's a psychopath. Yeah. Khalifa. I, I guess, uh, didn't hmm. say anything after she lost so who yeah. who knows but she seemed pretty to herself i think about it, yeah he kind of Kaku kind of like showed a little bit of like i, I don't know if this is the exact thing but like that th- he was taking it a little bit more seriously or personally than just a mission like when he uh told uh usopp when they picked up frankie and everything like hey yeah, I was a, a a secret agent this whole time, but I'm all, we're also all really good at our jobs. The ship's still still not good. It's not worth. worth yeah, that's that's true. He did he did tell Usopp straight up like this ship isn't savable. I was not lying about my um yeah perception. It has nothing to do with my mission. Um yeah, which he didn't have to say that, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whether or not because like he was doing his job up until the attack that night. So there's no reason for him to have been like, uh, well, I guess they knew Robin was in the straw hat. So I guess there is probable cause, but he, yeah. he, he, he really strips that away and just like, no, dude, this is, this ship is not going anywhere in general. Just, I feel like Kaku really shows like the most depth to his personality throughout the, throughout this whole arc. Um, as far as the bad guys are concerned, like Khalifa is a couple gags in a, in a, yeah. with fucking double D breasts. <laughs> Lucci has zero personality, which makes him simultaneously boring as shit and also a perfect foil for Luffy. And we'll talk about that in the next episode because we don't see that fight yet. And then, yeah, fucking the guys that uh, show up here, uh, Jabra, Fukuro, and Kumidori are also pretty one note. What I'm saying is I like this exchange with Kaku, even if, you know, he's not redeemable. <laughs> uh <laughs> By yeah. any means. It's just like, yeah, he shows the most, um, like, thought. Humanity. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, he, what he says is, like, some skills, what is it, like, assassination skills just aren't useful in other jobs, which I don't know what that's supposed to really mean. Um, but I think uh, I, I got this is, uh, this is grasping a little far, but he kind of got it as, like, up until this point, he kind of cp9 is kind of like billed as this super special like the people who can get it done and now that he stopped he's like huh maybe the job i was doing while i was undercover was probably better than what i'm actually doing yeah which is it's bizarre because like obviously he was so committed up until he lost yeah so like (laughs) it's very common that uh i joke about this with axel in kingdom hearts light spoilers (laughs) for the ending of kingdom hearts 2 and uh, yeah, it is Dream Drop Distance. So light spoilers for those two Kingdom Hearts games. In Kingdom Hearts 2, he dies. Like, he he uh, fucking, like, fights. He helps Sora do something and then dies. And he's like, I did all this stuff for really selfish reasons and I did all these bad things and it pushed me to be a very evil person. And then he comes back and he's just fucking good now. And I make this joke that, like, he died. And now that he knows what that's like, he's like, I don't want to put myself in that position again. I'm going to be with the good guys now. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's an overplayed trope of like, uh, especially in Shonen of like, bad guy loses to good guy, decides to side with good guy now. A lot of Shonen does it. 
uh, I think Dragon Ball Vegeta. Yeah, Vegeta's like the number one fucking case. Even though Vegeta has like a little, I, I don't know if I can say Vegeta has nuance on a podcast. Are you saying that because you don't have the confidence in the statement? Yes, be- be- <laughs> okay. because I'm like he does. Because I'm like he does, but it's like it's smaller story beats that kind of like build up. Yeah, it's just kind of like he he loses and he's like, all right, well, I guess this is fine now. But uh, that's very reductive <laughs> of, uh, of of Vegeta's stuff. It's always a little boring. Uh, but I do think with all we've seen of Kaku, I, I, I buy it a little bit. Like, I don't think he's going to like, I'm good now. He's, uh, but he's definitely like thinking like, you know, should I have done things differently? Probably. He pulls out the key from his uh, pocket and uh, goes to hand it to Zoro uh, before he just straight up falls unconscious. Uh, Sanji runs in, who I thought was running to Robin, but I guess I was wrong. That's what I was assuming, yeah, too. Yeah, he, he, like, looks at the arrows, and then he's like, all right, and then we see him running in here. I literally, when this happened, I was sitting here thinking, is there anyone who can look like Sanji who isn't Sanji? Because <laughs> it felt so bizarre to me that Sanji was here now, and, like, the, <laughs> when Sanji throws him the key, Sanji looks at it for a long time, and it, I'm like, what are they gonna fucking pull that I don't remember? And I think nothing. I think it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. And they say it's 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 time to fucking save Robin or whatever. They have all the keys. Um, I think Kaku's was the right one, if I remember correctly. Actually, I think it's, I think it's Jobbers actually, because Jobbers is the only one we don't get the number for. Yeah. And it's five, which we haven't heard yet. So that's that's that. We see the Frankie family fighting with the giants out uh, in the in the town area. Um, we see Kokoro running down or not running or kind yeah she's trying to run uh she says she needs <laughs> as much as she can. yeah she needs more fuel she says <laughs> yes and w- with uh Chin- chimney and ganbe and-, and chopper unconscious still on her back we see spandam approaching the very end of the the bridge at the gate with robin uh he she breaks out again this time she's being held by her hair and she just like runs and you see her hair get pulled out <sighs> This is this is really the, one that gets this rough. This is the roughest point, I think, where she, or at least, is not rough in the sense of what I was complaining about before, where as much as it just feels like rough for Robin in in like a, a slightly yeah. different way, because when she she runs to the edge of the bridge, it almost looks like she's trying to jump off, but I don't think she would have done that. No, she runs to the edge of the bridge and falls down, and when he goes to pull her back up by by her hair, it, she's not moving. And we see that she has bitten down on the on the on the stone bridge, and she's like holding on, and it's like so vis- visceral, like like fucking goddamn, like I can't really describe it to give it fucking any more justice or context. It's just like that's a lot, yeah. And she she's thinking of like Luffy com- coming to save her, and how she just needs to hold on as long as she can. She starts crying, and then we cut back to. Luffy and Luchi fucking barraging him with finger pistols, which don't really work because they don't pierce him, but they still do a shit ton of like force pushed into him and like it still launches him back. Yeah. Frankie is still in there, of course. He's like, I, I really want to help, but I'm gonna leave. I know what my mission is, and it's different. Um and he has as he runs towards the door, Luchi stops him and he tries to do his strong hammer attack where he takes the just the the metal fist and it doesn't even budge. It doesn't like uh, it doesn't even budge Lucci when he does Iron Body, and he's like, "That worked. It got through Iron Body for Fukuro." <laughs> and 
Lucci, <laughs> if you remember that there's power levels in this arc. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. It's so dumb <laughs> where they set up a while ago that like each character had like a number assigned to their power level. Um, we've not brought it up since then because it's dumb. But uh, the way Lucci describes it is like, you know, I my power level is four times as high as uh, Fukuro's, which you could have like you didn't need numbers for that. At this point, we're pretty good at reading how fucking One Piece works. L- like Lucci is obviously the strongest person there. So that's a thing. Um, Lucci unleashes a shit ton of finger pistols on Frankie, uh, which fucks him up pretty bad. Luffy, we see a jet pistol come in and knock Lucci across the room, uh, cause he is finally in second gear. Finally. Finally. <laughs> I was waiting for it this entire time for him to be like, hey, maybe I should use this cool move. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I guess it takes a lot out of him. He's going to do as much as he can without it, despite how quickly he used it on Bluno. But maybe that was him really figuring out his, his range. And we don't know what third gear is yet, but we have seen him use it recently. Like, he went from that to here. So, him pacing his energy kind of makes sense. Even if we both know that it's just because the, his fight wasn't supposed to start yet, because all these other fights were happening. Uh, Frankie says, hey, what the fuck? Um, why are you steaming? What's with all the steam? I'm more of a fan of the Epic Store. And uh, this is this is when the fight really begins. Uh, Frankie, uh, Frankie's like starting to run, but he also sees Lucci has now transformed as well uh, into his his man beast form. Uh, but Luffy protects Frankie. Frankie gets out of the room. Lucci says R- Lucci reminds Luffy like the last time we met, I finished you off with only one attack in this form. And Luffy says. Yeah, but I was fine after I ate some meat. Yeah, uh, destroying uh, any other dietary options right there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> vegans. I'm that's, sorry. That's, <laughs> that, that's what I need. That's that's what I needed to know. Is just what I'm weak. If I if I eat some meat, I'll be strong mm-hmm. again. I wonder if there's any vegan <laughs> Luffy fanfic out there. What would Luffy? Th- do you think the Impossible Burger would satisfy Luffy the same way? I bet Luffy would be, you could tell Luffy that something's meat and he'd believe you. He'd be like, no, I swear it's meat. Probably. Okay. He just eats it. Maybe. I feel like he, I feel like he doesn't process the food in his mouth as much as, as only as much as necessary. Yeah. I, th- I think that's a very good read of Luffy. <laughs> um, so this is actually, Frankie hasn't left yet. Uh, Luffy tells Frankie to go save Robin. Frankie, of course, says, leave it to him, gets out that door. We see Robin still clinging to life and the edge of the bridge as Luffy and Lucci are squared off. That is the end of that episode. We have one more. 301. Quite a fucking bit happened in this episode. And we've already been talking for like two hours. So there's some stuff that's cuttable. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And there was a long break in the middle. (laughs) But let's get in this last episode. Yeah. The Gates of Justice are completely open and they're they're wide open and ready. Yeah, and apparently that's never fucking happened before. All the marines uh like in the town are noticing it and they say like we didn't even know that could happen. Um <laughs> uh Polly says that apparently Kokoro mentioned that they'd never open up all the way. I don't fucking remember that, but I believe it. And then everyone puts together that this is for Buster Call it so all the ships can get in. So that's fucked. Uh, 
Luffy says that defeating Luchi is all that matters. At, at, at any cost, he will defeat this fucking leopard man. Uh, Frankie is running up the stairs. Spandam is kicking Robin. While uh, being a terrible person. Oh, yeah. That's assumed, right? He it's just, Spandam. Yeah. He's just berating her and telling her that uh, that she doesn't deserve to live and no one's actually going to save her. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. We we almost barely touched on like a serious conversation with with Lucci and sort of like how he got into this position of power exclusively because he wanted to uh, enact violence on people. Um, and we didn't super dig into that, but I think uh, one, I think we we will at some point uh, <laughs> when we get more of Lucci next time, but. Uh, I think s- there's also a lot to say similarly about Bandam's treatment of Robin in this scene, where he just really lays in like, you're a wanted criminal, the only thing you can do to make anyone happy is die! And like, it's mm-hmm. so fucking rough, like, to just like, the 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 binary existence that like, w- once you have this bounty on your head, or, or criminalized in some way, it's just like, you no longer matter to us. I, I think there's a lot to unpack there uh, in, in general. And I think, you know, we've we've belabored Spandam's usage of uh, uh, power and authority and all of fucking his bullshit. I, th- I think what makes this worse is because Robin's finally like she's re- she has like gotten rid of that uh, hopelessness that she had about like being alone forever now she doesn't want to die she wants to live so just it's it's that much worse that he's like laying into her because it's not like yeah she's finally has something to hold on to i think i think he's more aggressive because of that like i think before he felt a sort of like righteousness or maybe that's not the right word but like i th- i think he felt justified by being like you're a piece of shit and she just sort of silently took it and like was going yeah. to protect her friends. Yeah. And then now she's like, I do want to live. I'm I'm gonna go back and my friends are gonna save me. And he's like, No, fucking I was right before. <laughs> do what I tell you to. And he's like he's like yeah. so frustrated that he has to like this is this... the fact that someone is disobeying him in, in yeah. any kind of way too is yeah. part he's, of it. He's not getting what he wants. He has to put effort into executing this person for his own personal gain. He knows about her entire past because uh yes, he reveals that in this um uh, <laughs> either I think it's a, yeah, in this scene actually. Yeah, before like they didn't actually for sure say that his dad was Spandine, but we're able to guess by the way Spandine acted. Yeah, and they and have him the, saying they have he the has same a voice. son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I told it to you that, pretty early on, but uh this this is when it's technically confirmed in the, in the text where Spandheim is bragging about like w- what brings it up actually is he's like after you know Buster Call levels all this place it'll remove all the embarrassments involved including the flag being shot and whatever yeah. he's like just like Buster Call last time embarrassed that admiral that uh you know was a turncoat against the marines and she's like realizing that's Saul and he goes on and on. He's like, yeah, I know all about O'Hara and your mom and Saul. And I know that because someone told me. And that person was my dad, who was Spandime. A lot of heavy flashbacks 
uh, come to to Robin uh, as he's talking about all this, including like Clover being shot, Buster Call being called. This is a long scene. There's there, there's more of her flashback later on. After this one ends, we we see Frankie reaching the top step, but immediately it cuts to the outside and there's an explosion, and we see <laughs> we see Frankie fall into the water. Because yeah, stand in, in like a quick thing, he said he he activated a landmine, mm-hmm. and me hearing that is like, oh, it's not gonna work. This guy is fucking stupid and doesn't know how to make it actually work. Then oh. it, it does. Yeah, it does. It does work. <laughs> um, it, Frankie does get launched into the the sea, and it's it's a lot of a lot of things kind of happen very quickly because Spandam's like. I laid that just to be safe. I didn't think anyone would catch up with us, but they did. I'm glad I did it. He's also like, why the fuck is Cuddy Flam here? Because if you remember, that's Frankie's name. Uh, Robin's also like, oh shit, someone's here. Like, like they are getting here. And like, it's simultaneously like, there is hope. There is less hope. There is a lot going on. Spandam's like in a rush now, more so. Robin says, yeah. I'm so angry that I can't stop my tears. Same. <laughs> before the um and right before they cross the gate like they're so close spandam gets hit by an explosive from out of nowhere (laughs) he flies down (laughs) flies down this long staircase down towards where the escort ship was uh we didn't talk about it when when they showed us it but every all the marines that are down there uh that we didn't talk about are like the fuck was that like where did that come from they're looking around a lot of them just start getting taken out one by one, and someone with binoculars finally sees it. Soga King, oh, I love this so much because when it when it started, I was I started like doing the song, yeah, and then and then he so he starts singing his fucking song. Mm-hmm. Yep, Soga King standing atop the Tower of Justice. He starts singing his song. Robin remembers Saul. As he was being frozen, uh, saying that one day she would have friends. No one is born into this world to be alone. She's crying. I'm crying. Soga King is singing his theme song. <laughs> Zoro and Sanji admire this from where they are and are like, yeah, we did it. Uh, Soga King is still singing. Uh, there's a really good part, too, because like um, Sanji and Zoro are like, yeah, he did it. That's our number. That's our number one sniper. And you just hear like. It's like the one-two punch of being, like, emotionally devastated and just fucking immediately I'm laughing harder than I've ever laughed before. Like, hitting me when I'm most vulnerable. And it's so good. Sanji's like, why is he fucking singing right now? And uh, he, he takes down, he takes Spandam down again uh, with another attack. Robin starts to run away. And this is when the Marines start to, uh, they go to open fire on her. And uh, that would be bad. But as they do... She is shielded by Frankie and his literal iron body. Uh, and they're like, what the fuck is, who can take our bullets? And it's him. Yeah. He pulls one out of his cheek, which is a uh, fucking that, super that cool. That was like, uh, it's very cool, but also like a secret like body horror thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like stuck in his cheek and he takes it out. And I was like, I never really thought about his face being iron, but I guess it yeah, is. And- and there's like a little like hole there. That's what they'd be uncomfortable with. Oh yeah, I, I didn't think about it that long because the shot isn't super long. But 
I believe you. So that's it. Uh, they like. I really love that it's Frankie and Robin. Like one, we already have talked before about how they're kind of a good pair because they're older. Yeah, and and they were both kind of uh the the biggest victims of of this event because they they were the two that was captured uh and and like trying to be taken yeah. to the gates of justice. But the fact that they're now getting to stand off and like handle what's about to happen, do like it a lot. Soga King uh has the transponder snail uh and talks to Frankie through it. Uh, he was given given it to him by Nami, and uh, he's like, I sent like there's a there's a red cloth behind you. Open it up and uh, use the keys to to, to save Robin. Uh, and it is number five. Seeing them together is just extremely good. Frankie and Robin as they're like s- squaring off. Yeah. Robin finally. I, I I love what she does as soon as she's able to instantly. get out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so Soga King, Soga King, like through the transponder snails, like you're free to do what you want. Never question that you are part of the straw hat crew, which is funny. Cause he's still doing it in the Soga King character. <laughs> like he's not like, welcome back. I love you. I'm Usopp. He's, he's doing it all in the bit. Um, fucking yeah. Soga King master of kayfabe. Uh, <laughs> But Robin immediately like faces back and uses her her devil fruit to make a bunch of hands appear on Spandam and just slap the shit out of his face for like a solid couple minutes. And it's so good. I'm so glad it's her that did it. I'm so glad that she gets this moment. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost am like she... I feel like she could have been worse. Like like I'm surprised she didn't just like snap his neck immediately. Or whatever. One, because we've seen him do that before. But two, just like, he deserves it. But just like, yeah, I'm just going to slap the shit out of him for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, so 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 that happens. Frankie, uh, into the transponder, Snell says, like, everyone needs to get over here quick. It's time for us to, to, to make our escape. Soga King, as he starts to, like, head back and head down, he hears, like, some <sighs> weird, like, it kind of sounds like a, like a, like a fish noise or something. It's bizarre. It's nothing we've heard before. Um, and he's like, what the fuck was that? And then it's like a hard cut to like a shit ton of cannon fire. And that's the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. And that's also what the end of what we've covered today. Uh, whew, so there's a lot ahead of us in, in terms of Inus Lobby, regardless of, uh, oh shit. Yeah. I know exactly how we're splitting the rest of this up. So, so next time we will wrap up uh, Inus Lobby. Uh, we'll see Luffy and Luchi fight. Uh, we'll see Hell yeah. how and if they get out of Inus Lobby in one piece. Um, so we're going to do some plugs, and at the end, if you stay through it, well, I'm gonna, Jory always guesses what happens next. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I know some people skip plugs, and I just want you all to know that that's a really funny thing. <laughs> we do it every time. Um, yep, we we give you a reason to stay. Yeah. Hey, shut up, past Joe. This is future Joe, uh, and I'm here to uh, add some shit to the plugs because, as I mentioned in the last episode, we decided to make a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com forward slash we are watching OP. This episode was actually up on the Patreon a couple days early, and maybe some of you are listening to it there already. Thank you, John. Thank you, Peter, for for being our patrons already. If you become a patron at a dollar or up, the Patreon page will give you an RSS link, and you can put that in your podcast catcher of choice 
and just you'll have you'll have two feeds for the show. Isn't that so special? One of them will be early, and it'll eventually have bonus content. And we'll say how cool you are on the podcast. Thank you again, John and Peter, for backing already. Uh, but yeah, going forward, we're just going to put episodes up there a couple days early. And uh, it's just an informal tip jar. Jory and I have been talking about doing some commentaries or just like bonus stuff, whether it's related to One Piece or not. But we're going to try and do that monthly as well. And episode, just normal episodes should stay monthly as well. Uh, we were actually recorded pretty far in advance actually we uh we we recorded um and and talked a ton while jory was visiting me uh, a couple i think it's like a week ago two weeks ago now so there's a lot to look forward to uh also uh if you are a supporter or interested in supporting the orange groves podcast network uh patreon that goes directly to hosting shows not just this one but all the other ones uh, and helping other creators and new creators uh, start their projects. Um, you can hear cut content uh, from from all the shows, but the first for the first time, we are is joining those ranks. Uh, the first cut content, including stuff from this episode, is going to be up there. Uh, you can find the link to that at theorangegroves.com. There's a donate link in the top right. There's a link at the bottom, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash theorangegroves, um, and you can uh, listen to that stuff there for for backing it, and it uh, it and it helps marginalized creators um but i think i think that's it i'm gonna leave this just to us plugging our normal shit now uh but but thank you for listening we're really excited to be like in a good groove of getting these episodes done regularly so so jory where can people find you on the internet uh online you can find me on twitter.com at at no i'm jory uh you can see me tweeting about things that i like when i'm when i'm doing them or a f- dumb shit that comes in my brain. <laughs> That's the best way I could. Uh, I think the best way I put it was when I was doing a, a plug for CDF is like, yeah, one day I just tweeted thinking about Plato snakes because I was sitting at work and I was thinking about Plato snakes. <laughs> I think my favorite my favorite part of the Jory brand might be when you just occasionally post extremely terrible like Facebook memes. I go through so much effort to find like the funniest <laughs> ones to me, and I I think I know these these are usually what you're referring to as ones that are like anti Justin Bieber ones. <laughs> There's a lot of like like you you'll tweet like something that's been circulated on Facebook that like looks like you traveled back into 2007 to find it. <laughs> and I don't know how you find these things. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> I love knowing that it's such a like a intentional effort that you put in. <laughs> it's it's a secret hope with like a lot of the stuff that I do because you know we're all poisoned by irony mm-hmm. at this point in our lives that someone looks at my timeline and thinks, "What happened? <laughs> did they did they did they just like come out of being frozen in ice?" Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely times where I've seen something and be like, "How the fuck did you time travel?" <laughs> Because it's, it's so bizarre to see it now. Um, that's great. Please follow Jory on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Ghost of Joe, Ghost of J-O, uh, where I tweet about uh, the shows that I make, the many, many podcasts that I do, um, and other fucking... I mean, it's 2019. Everyone fucking uses Twitter to either complain about the world or politics or to make funnies. Um, oftentimes, both. But uh, mine's mostly the the infrequent funnies, 
and um, the reminders of podcasts that I make, uh, which you can find all at theorangegroves.com, the podcast network that I made. Uh, there's a bunch of shows there. Uh, I don't know when I'm going to paste this episode out, so Nervous Rex might be a thing? Shut up, past Joe. This is future Joe again. Nervous Rex is a thing, and there's three episodes out uh, because I'm starting a show with my friend Chris uh, that probably will not have a super tight schedule, I would guess. But um, wrong again, past Joe. It's every other Thursday. A lot like this. I'm rewatching Neon Genesis Evangelion, and Chris is watching it for the first time. We're just doing one episode per episode, and just like we're watching it, and then we're talking about it. And just digging into to how we feel. So if you've never watched uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion uh, and you or want some familiarity with it or you want something as a companion piece for when it hits Netflix soon um, or the summer, you know, that that's a thing. Nervous Rex, the first four letters are capitalized because of nerve in the show. Yeah. Uh, what else? You can follow this show on Twitter. At we are watching OP where we tweet about when we're recording and making new episodes, uh, we retweet memes that Plotquas makes. For a very long time, I didn't have it on my phone, and now I added it back. So now I might occasionally retweet shit or use it, uh, <laughs> or just like make One Piece observations. But we'll see what happens. Uh, and I think that's, I think that's all the the things that there are to plug. Which means it's time, Jory. What are we gonna see next time? Oh fuck. Uh... I think everyone's going to be able to escape whatever it is, except it's going to be Luffy and Lucci, and they're going to be screaming at Luffy to, like, find a way out of the fight while a Buster Call is going on around them, so it's going to look also badass while they're fighting with explosions, but Luffy will keep yelling back, no, I have to, I have to kick the pigeon guy's ass. That's it? That's all you think that's going to happen? <laughs> I, I have a feeling the fight will take a while. How do you think that they're going to escape? Because we are going to cover the end of Inuit's Lobby next time. The only thing I can think of is they, like, steal one of the, the ships doing Buster Call or something. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens uh, next time when we watch ten episodes and finish Inuit's Lobby out. And until then, to be... Continued. Welcome to They Them There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. <laughs> you can listen at theorangegroves.com or search they, them, theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care, and remember, nice gender.